Marilyn? That was marvelous. I wish my messages would come that way. <laughs> have a dream and, and write it. Brother Mike, I have to get into that inspiration. So we greet you this morning in the precious name of Jesus Christ. And uh, we're looking forward to our uniting under this great uniting time and sign. And it might not be here. It might be in glory. We don't know what's going to be the future in the next few days and the weeks and the way the world's falling apart. I'd be looking forward to going to our heavenly home. So God bless you and we indeed miss you all. Those that have joined this morning and uh, we're looking forward to seeing your smiling faces amongst the pews. And I'm looking so forward to worshiping together and lifting up our, our Lord Jesus with all our heart, mind, soul and strength. So without any further delay, thank you, musicians. Let's just bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we've come to the house of God this morning to honor the resurrection. Some are here, some are in their homes, and wherever they are today. Lord, some are traveling. I just pray that your grace will be with them. Those that are at home today, joining with us, Lord, around the body word of the Son of Man, I pray that you'll bless them, that you'll strengthen the ones that are here, Lord, through the word of of God that has been unfolded and unveiled to a people in this last age. We're thankful for the cry at midnight. We're thankful, Lord, that there's something within us that responds to that cry. And so, Father, I'm praying that you'll strengthen each and every one. We've heard the prayer requests. We pray, Father God, that you'll meet every need now. We commit the service to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. And uh, again, I have a couple of announcements also I'd like to make. Uh, as Brother Biscoll was saying this morning, pastor was speaking regarding the need for, uh, of helping our dear brother Leon. We'd like to remember him and those that have wished to um, either come by the church or however uh, mode you have uh, to give. We just want to give you one last opportunity this week and then we will like to... Um, of course, pass along the funds to our precious brother Leon through this trying times. Brother Biscoe will be speaking next Sunday. I, I'm, we're going to be looking forward to that. And the Lord would just, uh, just give him strength and, and uh, we'll be expecting uh, a great meal around the body word of the Son of Man. That God would so inspire our pastor. We love him dearly and pray that God will use him in a mighty way. We had our last family um, devotion at the school this week, so that's ending off the uh, year with our grads. We have a graduation coming this week, so we want to remember our grads, that God be with them, and um, it'll be a special time. I know it's strange. I know they've got all these different plans and what will happen, and and we've been restricted by so many orders of this uh, of the community, uh, community um, disease um Center, whatever it's called, CDC, I think. And um, we've got some orders that we have to uh, abide by. Uh, but I'm praying that we bind that demon and just bind that spirit so that the church of God can gather one more time. And um, you move on the authorities. And um, we've, as Brother Biscoe was saying, we have a unique situation um, with the border. Our church is, a large part of our church is the U.S. side. And so we need the borders open and we need our uh, orders changed. So God can do anything. And I'm looking, looking forward to having a full church again and worshiping the Lord Jesus. So God bless you. 
and uh, keep everything uh, in that uh, aspect in your prayers this week. That um, as I was uh, Joanne and I tied into the service at Brother Ron Spencer's, and uh, Brother Andrew was announcing that next week they get to have the full church, and I just I think I turned green, called green with envy, that they can have the whole church together, and and they're looking forward to a wonderful time. So God bless them and those churches that can gather, those that have heard the are under the sound of this great gospel message. God bless the bride around the world. So if you wouldn't mind standing, please. I'd like to read out a number of scriptures this morning. And uh, i like to speak on, there's something within. There's something within. And whenever Brother Branham made reference to there's something within, if you want to check it out on in, as you do your studies, maybe this week, you'll find that they capitalize the something. Because the something isn't something, it's the someone, and it's our lovely Lord Jesus. So there's something within is our title. So I'd like you to turn, please, then to Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. And if you don't mind, I have a a number of quotes and scriptures I'll be following along, maybe not preaching as much, but you never know. And um, Colossians chapter 1, 27, so pray with me. As we go along in this service this morning. Colossians 1 verse 27. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Remember the title now. There's something within. So now I'd like you to turn to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Very familiar scriptures, I'm sure, for all of us. Paul is writing here to the Galatians. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I. But Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live... In the flesh, I want you to notice now, I live by the faith. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Let's bow our heads one more time. Father, we bow in your presence. We're thankful for the word of God. We pray now for inspiration and guidance. And under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, that you will meet every need in divine presence. Lord... Your prophet said, whenever you come, and I believe in your coming, something good happens. So let something good happen, Lord, to the bride that is tied in with us this morning. And may the presence of God saturate them. And may the glory of God fill them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may have your seats. God bless you. Now, I'm going to be following along. I'd like you to follow along with me as we go through a number of scriptures here. I'd like you also now, just the last scripture of reading um, before we start speaking. First Peter chapter 1, verse Peter chapter 1, verse 7. First Peter chapter 1. One of my, I always say one of my favorite scriptures, but they're all my favorite. So we might as well start then on verse uh, 3 down to verse 7. 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which, according to his abundant mercy, have begotten us again with a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in the heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God. I want you to notice now, again, who are kept by the power of God through faith, through faith, unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. This revelation is going to be revealed in the last time. Now, continue with me, please. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now not for now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. That the trial, here we go to faith again, the trial of your faith. And that's what Peter is now, we're honing in on, that it's the trial of your faith being more precious than of gold that perish, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Many scriptures that we read make reference to ourselves within the scripture. And and we need to see, as Brother Brown said, we need to see ourselves in the word. So as Paul is writing, not only is he writing to the Colossians or to the Galatians or the church at Philippi, he's also writing to the church in Laodicea that is in this age, not just in Laodicea at the time of the writings of the scripture. So we need to look at the Bible and we need to look at the word of God as though he's writing personally to ourselves. He's writing to David. He's writing to Brother Michael. He's writing to Ben. He's writing to us. And he's speaking, the Holy Spirit is speaking through them because the scripture says that we're men of old, moved of the Holy Ghost. We're moved of God to write these scriptures. And so we know then that God wrote the Bible and the Bible is our absolute and our absolute is what we stand on. But that absolute that we stand on, that we have our faith in, is going to be tested. So, is this a strange thing that we find ourselves in these diver temptations? I don't believe so. But I believe, as the prophet said to us, and we've quoted it through the years, and we know it by off by heart, that the end-time message meets the end-time condition. There are many people today that are under, uh, under fear. They're under... Um, uh, um, uh, the uh, thoughts that would try to torment them and fear actually comes from that word torment and they worry about what is happening tomorrow. But we have to come to a conclusion, saints of God, that the God that has revealed himself to us is the God that's going to take us from where we were to where we're going. And that's is what I'd like to, to um, look at this morning is that which is in you That's already started this journey and the thoughts of God have always been declared that we are the seed gene or we are the germ of God and we've come from God and we're going back to God and we caught, we've caught that. But now we, we actually understand that by maybe memory. 
He said, well, I've heard Brother Tom preach on that. I heard Brother Biscoe preach on that. And the different brothers preach on that. And that we understand that because we can memorize that. Or we can actually have an experience of what they're speaking of. And that's what I want to uh, rest on this morning is that where we're going and what God has done thus far within our lives, it has not been you at all. It has been that something in you that is taking you and moving you into heavenly places. And so the more and more as we go along and the more and more, even the children of Israel, as we if we looked into the Old Testament, we find in Deuteronomy 8, and that's a, a very powerful, very powerful chapter, that the children of Israel actually started to think that they got a deliverance out of Egypt by their own personal strength or anything that they attained to was because of themselves. And we have to start looking back in the shadow and type and start realizing, hmm, it's not what we did to achieve anything. It's all what God has already done and has done for us, not only now in the past and now, but also in the future. So there is a reason and you have to, and myself, we have to understand that what's the reason that God is calling us or dealing with us and showing to Satan, number one, that this bride will not fail. But I want to uh, go back to the scriptures now and, and, and I want you to follow along with me because the scripture has to be the absolute that you fall back to. And those scriptures that the prophet unveiled to us and God has revealed to us personally are the scriptures that we need to walk in faith by. So let's turn to 1 Peter 1 and 7 again. And I'd like you to follow along in that verse with me again. That the trial, not trials, but the trial of your faith. A lot of times people say, oh, the trials we're going through. But I want you to look at now the way that uh, Peter actually penned the, bio, the scripture down. It's the trial of your faith. The trial of your faith being more precious than gold that perish. Though it be tried with fire. So now we understand as we're reading it slowly that there's going to be some trials and the trials are going to come. It's not at you, your everyday living trials. We're talking about the faith that God has revealed to you. It's going to be challenged. And so then you actually have to understand then, then if the God has revealed something to me, Brother Bram said there's not a, enough countries in the world that's going to stop me from achieving what God has in his mind for me. So now God has a purpose in that call. And now Satan is going to try your faith. And as we have seen over the years, many people's faith or their revelation has been tried. It's been tried by trial and it's been tried by fire. And it hasn't stood because, saints of God, it was a learning and not a revelation. And that's what I would like to look at today. Because once it's revealed to you, nothing can shake you from the promise. So you young people, when you hear us preaching, Brother Joe, it's not just preaching to preach a message. 
It's to preach a word that will come into your heart. That God of heaven will come and inspire it to you. So that when Satan comes, he's coming against the word. And that word cannot be moved. It's not learned, it's revealed. Now the trial of your faith. Peter is writing. The trial of your faith. I often have said over the years when Michael was a little boy, whenever he read books, which he did often, he'd always read the end of the book. And I'd always say to Mike, I said, why are you reading the end of the book? He says, well, I like reading the end of the book because I like to know how the story comes out. And so I like to read Revelations because I like to know how the church turns out. And I know that there is a church triumphant that's going to overcome Laodicea. No different than Noah by faith built an ark for the saving of his household. It was by his faith that was going to be tested. His faith. The trial of your faith. I would say this COVID is really coming against your faith. The different ones I have talked to, the different ones, and we've talked to many. They said, Brother Tom, tell the saints we're standing strong. And I, and I thought, it's not them standing. But it's the faith of the word of God in them. That's something in them that's holding them. They're not afraid of the virus. They're not afraid. They're not under fear. But they're walking in faith. Let me read something Brother Bram says in the fourth seal. He says, there was life riding on a white horse. And here's a man with three different powers mixed up called death. Now there he is, an earthbound delegate, and Christ now is gathering his heaven-born subjects. He's got death wrote on him, and Christ has got life wrote on him. So you see, death and life are in the struggle again. He said, those with him on the white horse are called the chosen. Before the foundation of the world. So it's the chosen. That God gives them faith. To overcome the world. Now watch. Even your faith. Now that faith that God puts in you. Is going to be tried. And this. By reading now in Revelation. Where Brother Bram is talking under the fourth seal. You have to see yourself. With that word in you. Chosen before the foundation of the world. Those are the faithful ones. Brother Branham says, Amen. says, I like that one. You're the called and chosen before the foundation of the world, faithful to the word. Because God has made this word real to you. So you're faithful to the word. So now, as we take a look at this, I want you to turn now to uh, Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 12, wonderful scripture. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. That's something that is in you. And we'll get into that. That's something that is in you. It's going to be challenged. 
So now the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. For the word of God is what? Quick. The word of God's quick. It's powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. And of the joints and marrow. And is a discerner of the what thought. Discerner of the thought and intent of the hearts. Let's take a look at what the Hebrew says here. The word of God is living and it's active and it's full of power. So then people say, well, Brother Tom, we are the word made flesh today and we sing it often. I've got that word living in me. Well, now I want you to see what's that something that is in you that's living. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. So now here is Paul writing to the Hebrews. For the word of God is living, it's active, and it's full of power. The word of God, it makes it operative. It's full of energy. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides asunder to soul and spirit. And to to both the joint and marrow, the deepest part of our nature. Exposing and judging the very thoughts and intents of our heart. So God sees what's in a believer. God knows what's in your heart this morning. And the word of God is here to now, uh, Brother Ram said, the word of God, faith comes by hearing and hearing what? The word of God. So now this word that you're hearing is coming over this pulpit. But I want you to hear it from a different place from your ears to your heart. I want that word to drop down to your heart. There's many people that hear with their ears and hear not, Jesus said. But there's another people that hear with a different hearing. And that word is sharper than any two edges are piercing asunder. So now we want that word that is full of power. That word that is living. That word that is active. We want it now to come to the surface and show to those that are around us, we indeed are standing true to the word of God. Brother Bram said, now I want you to notice here. He said, notice, faith is a revelation. And if I asked you this morning, how many times did Brother Branham say, faith is a revelation because faith has to be revealed to you. How many times did Brother Branham say that? You'd say, well, I, I thought, but Brother Branham said a lot of times. Because we hear it. Faith is a revelation. And so, and, and many times, revelation gets overused. But I want you to understand, Brother Branham says it five times. He says it five times. Once in anointed ones. Once in invisible union. Twice in works of faith expressed, and once, the rapture. Brother Bram said, revelation is the only thing. Revelation of the word. What is a revelation? Upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell can't prevail against it. So faith is a revelation, because faith has been revealed to you. The trial of your revelation. Is going to come down to your address, Ben. 
It's not something that we just look in the scripture and say, we're going to go through trials. We're going to go through a lot of trials, whether you get a job, whether you get fired, whether or not this whole economy is going to uh, crumble. But now we have to start to understand then that it's our faith that God is interested in seeing that that faith that gets tested is unshakable. It's unmovable. And we cannot fall, Brother Bram said. So now we look at the word, what is that that is unshakable in us? The faith, that revelation that God's revealed to you. Let me uh, quote another quote. Faith is a revelation from God. Faith is a revelation. Brother Bram said that in works is faith expressed. There's where I want to stay. Just a moment. It's a revelation. He has revealed it to you by his grace. So this word that God has revealed to you has now been revealed to you by what? His grace. This word is revealed to you by his grace. It's nothing Tom did. Brother Graham said it's nothing you did. You didn't work up to this. You didn't work yourself into it. You ever had faith? It was given to you by the grace of God. So this trial of your faith is given to you by the grace of God, but he's going to give you the grace to go through the trial. Did you get that? This faith is given to you by grace, and he's going to give you grace to go through the trial of your faith. He revealed it to you by his grace. God reveals it to you. Faith is a revelation. The whole church is built on. Now, here's the last time he says it in uh, the rapture. But to the church, the bride, the rapture is a revelation to her. It's revealed to her. That'll be the grace of God that reveals the rapture to her. That the revelation, the true bride of Christ will be waiting for the revelation of the rapture. The true bride of Christ is now waiting for the revelation of the rapture. This will be your trial. Satan will buffet you. He's not buffeting you by your, your external or external, uh, trials that you have. You don't have gas. You don't have a mortgage payment. Or you don't have rent. Or you don't have groceries. This is part, is not what Peter is writing about. He's writing about your faith. Your faith is what's going to be tested. So by faith, Abel offered. By faith, Noah built an ark. By faith, Abraham was called. By faith, Sarah conceived strength. By faith, Tom received the revelation of this message that's going to put him in the rapture. By faith. And every one of those that you read in uh, Hebrews 11, it was by faith. And their faith was tried. Did you get that? Their faith was tried. 
It's tried by fire. Can you imagine coming to church and I look at this church and I say, it's pretty full this morning. What, there's what, half or a dozen? Pretty full. But do you know, Brother Bram said, he said, Noah preached for 120 years and he only preached to his family. Can you imagine doing that? I can barely get through these last three months preaching to half a dozen people. But for 120 years, by faith, Noah was tested. By faith, Abraham had to take Isaac up on the mount. The promise, his promise. It was his revelation that Isaac was going to come. The promise, son, that was his revelation. It was going to be tried by fire. Offer him. Offer what you God has given you by faith. Offer it. Put it up on a mountain. Kill it. Do it. Abraham, by faith, offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. No different than Abel. By faith, there is going to be something that's going to be tested. And when he went up to the mountain, he said, The Lord and I shall return. He didn't know God was going to do it the way he did it. But God showed him that that son was coming back. I don't know how you're going to get into this rapture. But I know one thing. If you're the called of God, God's going to revelate you and bring you into another revelation. And saints of God, we're going to be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. By faith. By faith. So I'd like you to turn to Hebrews chapter 11 with me. I love the scripture here. Hebrews chapter 11. Just so that you know, saints of God, I don't believe you're going to get off easy. I don't think any one of us is going to get off easy. Joe, I don't think that if you chose this road, take up your cross and follow me. I don't think you're going to get through this one easy. This is not a silver-plated gospel. You're going to have to fight for everything that's within you. But you have to know that there's something in you that's greater than what Satan can throw at you to keep you from this great revelation. Hebrews chapter 11. The Bible says here in verse 32... And what shall I say for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, of Samson, of Jephthah, of David, Samuel, of the prophets, who through what? Faith, through faith, subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, and out of weakness were made strong. Wax valiant in fight. Turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women, sisters, received their dead, raised to life again. Others were torture, not accepting deliverance. 68 million martyrs. Think about it. That they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trials of cruel mockings, scourgings. Moreover, of bonds and imprisonment, they were stoned. They were sawed asunder. What was the enemy fighting? He was testing. The trial was coming to test their faith. Can you stand? 
And I want you to say within your heart this morning, it's no longer me that standeth, but it's Christ in me that's going to stand the onslaught of the enemy. Amen. They fought of faith. And the Bible says in verse 39, and they all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God, having provided some better thing, now he's talking to you. God, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. That's incredible. Look how their faith was tested. I don't care if it was Gideon. And Murphy spoke so wonderfully about it. How that his sword was going to be a pitcher. Really? This pitcher is going to be my sword? But there was going to be a testing of his faith. Because the angel told him that he was going to conquer his enemies. You have to believe the same thing. So it's going to be by faith. The testing of your faith. I want you to get that this morning. It's the testing of the revelation that you have. People fall away after years of coming to Bible way or coming to churches around the globe. They fall away, saints of God, because it has not been a revelation to them. It's been something they have learned from the message. Now, notice here, I want you to follow along in verse 40 with me. I'm going to go to the Greek and you follow along in now the King James. Your Bible says God having provided something better for us. The Greek says this, God had us in his mind. He had something better for us so that these men and women of faith would not be made perfect. That is, they aren't there. That is completed in him apart from us. So God had to give us. He had something better for us. He had that full word to come unveiled so that we also could say, by faith, Brother Ken conquered Laodicea. By faith, Marilyn, you conquered the spirits that would try to bring a people down. Now, I don't know about you, but I know as we see this world falling apart, it's falling apart faster than what we would have given it credit for. Years ago, how did we think that a whole world be crippled by a virus? Who would have thought that a whole world will bend their knee to a virus? I wonder what that demon looks like. I wonder the power of it. That it is now enfolding a people. People aren't gathering and people support. Many times a church becomes a support system. And they come to church to get their moral support. And maybe there's a testing of this faith. That God has given us. To show to Satan. This bride doesn't matter what virus, what spirit, what devil, what imp would come against her. She isn't going to buckle in. She's got something within that is greater without. There's something within us. God 
had us in mind and had something better for us. Can you imagine? God knew that we would need the full unveiling of his word to battle and win this contest. He had something better for us. We would know that in the evening time, there was, it's not going to be called day nor night, but it shall come to pass that in the evening time, there will be something better for us. There shall be light. If we walk then in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we walk in the light of the revelation of God's word, that we walk in himself who is the light, we walk in Christ, we have true unbroken fellowship with him and with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all our sin. So this light that God has given us, something better, this light that has come in this age that is going to give you the ability, this light, to shine on that something within, to bring forth that life, this light is living in you. It's pulsating. It's energy. It's a word that's active. And it's a power. And you've stood year after year after year because that word is becoming more alive and more real and more revelated to us. You've got to walk in the light as he is in the light. And David writes in the psalm, light is sown for the righteous. God sowed this light. There's something better for us in this age for the righteous. This is what David's saying. Light is sown for the rightness, righteous and the gladness and the upright in heart. But now if you look at the Hebrew, the Hebrew says the light was sown. Or now you're going to find out what's in you now. The light is sown. This light is sown for the uncompromising righteous. So God in the evening time was going to bring forth a light for the uncompromising righteous. God was going to, just like he did to Ruth, handfuls on purpose. He sowed the light so that you that were by the wayside could come to life. And that life, that life is in that seed. Now that light sown for you, for the uncompromising righteous, David goes on to say, he strew it along your pathway for the joy of the upright or the righteous in heart. He did it for your joy. What is this within you? This joy of God. A lot of people get a, a misconception of joy. And, and we sing these little light songs. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Yes, down in my heart. Yeah, we sing these little light songs, joy. But you tell me where the word is light. Not light, L-I-T-E. This is light, L-I-G-H-T. God's word isn't frivolous. It's deep. So now this light that he's got for us, sown in this darkness 
that he sowed for the uncompromising righteous, he strew it along your pathway for those that are the upright in heart so that your joy will be filled. Now, I want you to follow along now with me with this joy. And that's really what I want is I'm talking about the something inside. That joy of God is the very essence of God. So it's the very core of God. It's the very life of God. So God sowed this light for the uncompromising righteous, for the upright in heart, that they would have a joy in darkness. And this joy in the Hebrew is a word that I try to talk over in my mind for a long time because I have a hard time saying the word. And it's really an easy word, but I have a hard time saying it. So follow along in your mind with me. That joy of God, which is the essence of God's light that has been sown for us so that the life of God, that something in us, could come. To a resurrection. Now watch what he says here. He says that joy in the Hebrew means it's irrepressible. I said that pretty good. I tried that a few times. Say that five times. It is a joy that's irrepressible. Irrepressible. I've got something in me that's irrepressible. It's the essence of God. It's the life of God. It's irrepressible. I want you to take a look at now with me because this is what that's going to be needed here. Because once you start to realize who you are or the revelation or that faith is being revealed in you. And you realize that you've got the very essence of God, the very life of God, the energy of God, the power of God. You will not fear what tomorrow holds. You understand what's in you is the irrepressible power of God. See, these people that can barely make it in their Christian walk have not come to a revelation because upon this rock I'll build my church. And the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. So now, that light in this age, there shall be light in the evening time. David said it would be light strewn out for the upright righteous in heart. And that righteous in heart God wants you to have joy this morning. And the joy in the Hebrew means that it's the essence of God. It's the core life of God. And that joy comes with the consciousness of that knowing you have been favored and protected. God has favored you and he's protected you. God is watching over his seed. God's watching over his seed. God is watching over those that are the righteous of God. You say, well, Brother Tom, I'm not righteous. But we understand that righteousness was imputed by faith. So then God, by faith, has imputed his righteousness unto Abraham, which he imputes his righteousness unto his children. But the Bible says, by faith, his righteousness 
is imputed to us. God imputes his righteousness that God and man could become one. The essence, the joy, the life of God. People say, I barely can make it, Joe. I can't hardly make it to church. And you hang around a bunch of your cronies and you find out that all your cronies have a pity party together. But you've got to be one that's got something different than your cronies have. And you have to say to them, Joe, I've got a life in me that God sowed in me. And he's given me a light in this hour so that I cannot be defiled. I cannot be defeated. You still with me? All right. We've laid a little foundation here. Paul again writes in Galatians 1 and 15. When it pleased God who separated me, I preached on this a few months ago, who separated me from my mother's womb, called me by his grace. By grace, he gives you faith. By grace, he gives you this revelation. He says it was the grace of God that separated me from my mother's womb. He said to reveal his son in me. To reveal his son in me. To reveal that joy in me. To reveal the essence of God in me. To reveal the very life of God in me. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold. Are you going to have trials? I don't think there's one of us here that says, well, Brother Tom, I have not gone through a trial. But the trials that Satan really wants to fight you is your faith. What God reveals to you. Whether or not this message really is a revelation to you. That's where Satan is going to come and play in your mind. And you have to stand in the word of God and say, Satan, get behind me. Because I have been chosen of God. Brother Bram makes a reference to St. John 5 and 16. It says, now you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. God chose us because there's something in us. There's something in us. And that something is God. God in me. So that you can say like Paul said, know you not? That there are those that run in a race, but not one, um, which run in a race, run all, but one receives a prize. So why don't you run that you obtain? And every man that striveth for mastery, mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible crown. We run the race, as we said last week, not be with the, be crowned with the crown of gold, Brother Ram said, but to be crowned with the very life of Jesus Christ. Crown us, Lord, with your life. So now this, this life that's in you is irrepressible. It's a joy that's irrepressible. Now we'll get into the definition of irrepressible. Irrepressible means it's impossible to repress. So the God has given you something in you that's impossible to repress. 
It means to be full of energy. Now we see how, how it all ties in. It's full of energy. The life in you, that joy in you, the essence of God in you is full of energy. It's fierce. Ah, that's amazing. It's fierce. It's warlike. It also goes on to say in the Hebrew, it's high octane. It's impossible to hold it back. Amen. We've got an impressible, irrepressible life in us that cannot be held back. And it's impossible, it says, to stop. Look it up. It's impossible to stop. Now, let's take this a little slow now. I know I've been slow, but I'll keep it a little slow here. There's something within natural man that wants to achieve certain things. Is that true? We can look at Mount Everest. It was something within Sir Edmund Hillary to climb Mount Everest. Really? I look at it in a picture and I really like what I see. But there was something in him that he could not suppress. He had to climb Mount Everest. And you know what, saints? He did not climb it the first time, the second time, the third time, the fourth time, the fifth time. It was the sixth time, the sixth time. That's a hard climb. Especially in 1950, what, nine, I think it was. He made, or 1953, 54, somewhere in there. And, and he did the climb because he said there was something in me. That wanted to go to the top of the mountain. I thought, well, my goodness. There was something in him. So then I, I looked at Roger Bannister. I looked him up this morning. And science and medicine said it's impossible to break the four minute mile. It was impossible to break the four minute mile. But there was something in him that said, I'm going to run this. And I'm going to break that. Medicine says I can't do it. Science says I can't do it. I'm going to do it. And there was nothing that was going to suppress him. It was something that was driving him. So he had something in him that wanted to break the four minute mile and he broke it. Now how many? They said there's 500 people. And you couldn't even remember any of their names. But he was the first man that broke the four-minute mile. Because he said, there was something in me that wanted to break it. There was something in Edmund Hillary that wanted to climb it. There was something in John Newton that wanted to break the slave trade. There was something in Wilbur Wilberforce. They said, we had to do it 15 years of opposition. He said, I'm going to break it. And I thought, well, if natural man could have that drive, Abigail, how about women of faith? How about sisters of faith and brothers of faith? I said, there's going to be a people that's going to take the rapture. There's going to be a people that take a body change. There's going to be a people. And I'm going to say, I'm one of them. I'm one of them. 
And you have to come to a conclusion. They did it naturally. And we say, well, that's amazing. But it's going to be amazing when I see Dave here 19 years again. That's going to be amazing. There's going to be a people that's irrepressible. Nothing's going to stop them to take this change. Nothing is going to stop us from achieving what the word says you are. Nothing is going to stop us from achieving. We're irrepressible. We're unstoppable. If Caleb could walk for 40 years and claim a mountain with the opposition of 1,999,998 and he could say, I want my mountain, I would say there was something irrepressible. Or David saying, I'm going to take the head off that giant. And his, his own brother saying, you're a naughty boy. But there was something irrepressible in David that said, is there not a cause? Is there somebody here that can defeat the devil? Your faith is going to be tried, saints. But there's got to be somebody here that says, I am going to win this race. I've run it. I've started it. I'm going to finish it. And he's going to give me a crown. A crown. A crown. He's going to give me a crown. Look at your life. Look at even around the room where you're sitting. Look at your mother. Look at your father. What mean these stones? What, look at those around the room. There's something in you that was laying there that you didn't even know was there. But then when that light was strewn by your pathway so that the upright in heart could have this essence of God, this joy of God, this irrepressible characteristic of what God is. When you can actually realize that that's in you. Brother Bram sums it up in, in, in a message called Communion, 1965, the last message. He said, he said, there I was out in the bush. He says, and he says, he was talking about his parents and how that his parents would have different parties. And he said, I hated those things. And mom and pop would go out and they would, uh, uh, they would have drinking in their home and party and carrying on. He said, it'd make me sick. He said, but I take my lantern and my dog and I go out. He says, and I go in the wintertime, I'd hunt. And in the daylight and in the morning, I'd come home. And I think about those things. And then in the summertime, I'd hunt in the same spot. He said, I'd build a fire on the same spot. He said, that spot, he said, where it was frozen the year before, I had a fire on it the next year. He says, then when I was out there one time, I looked and there was a little flower that came out of the ground. A little leaf started to rise up out of that fire. And he started to realize, he said, just think of it. That spot was in all of us. He said, we've gone through fires. We've gone through freezing times. But down on the inside, there was a seed that could not be stopped. And because, doesn't matter what trial, what fire, or how cold the church gets, there'll be something within us that's irrepressible, unstoppable, and unmovable. And we're going to move on into what we are called to. 
And Brother Bram said, when I saw that spot, he said, I thought about eternal life. And then I started to realize, I'm not a chicken, I'm an eagle. And I'm no longer the son of Charles and Ella Branham, but I am a son of the living God. If a fire can't take out a seed in the natural, and a winter colds can't kill that seed in the winter natural, surely there's not enough fiery trials or the coldness in the church that's going to stop a seed of God that come to the very life of what God has called it to. I trust you can come to that revelation this morning. That I'm no longer the son of Evelyn and Roy Ray, but I'm a son of the king. I've been sowed with a life, and God has given me a revelation that's unmovable, unshakable, unstoppable, and irrepressible, especially in this time. But the Ram says, now notice, he said, did you notice that little queen of the south? There was something in her that couldn't stop her to get to Solomon. And then Brother Bram turns around and he says, and a greater than Solomon is here. And when that seed in that bride realizes it wasn't William Branham, but it was the God that was in the man, we'll travel many miles to hear the wisdom of William Branham. But let me say, a greater than William Branham is here. It's the God within that prophet that God was revealing who we are. And God was giving us a revelation of that Christ in us. Listen to what he says in harvest time. He said, Malachi 4. He said, it'll be a terrible day of the Lord that this will take place. He says, how many knows that? But in that day, he's going to restore the children to the fathers. It's the faith Of that original Pentecostal fathers. He said because in that day. Luke 17 20. I believe it is Jesus said. When the son of man is being revealed. Not man. Son of man. Not an organization. But the son of man. Which is the word itself. Which is the word itself. Are you ready for this now? Because I wanted to get it down to that. What's something in you is in this day when that son of man is being revealed or the trial of your faith is going to be shaken. He's going to reveal to you. Brother Ram says here that the word itself was made flesh in you and you are now the reflection of this hour. Hmm. Sometimes we go over them very quickly, these quotes. But now, what is he saying? That's something in you, is the word. That's something in you that's going to be tested. That revelation of the word in you is going to be tested. And you have to come to the conclusion that that God life in me, that hope of glory, that mystery revealed, this unveiling of God, That word now is revealing itself, is being made flesh, Brother Brown said, in you. And you are a reflection of this hour. You're a reflection of the message. You're a reflection of it, see? You live again. It's the life that was in Jesus is in you. Was that going to be tested? 
Is that going to be your trial? When you say to your co-workers, Dave, the next time you are in the bus depot, I'm the word. You'll find out whether or not your faith is going to be tested. I'm the word. God is reflecting through me. God is revealing his life in me. But Abraham said in works that faith expressed. He said in that day when the son of man is revealed. When that which has been prepared for us. Where Paul said now he's got something special for us. He's got a light strewn for us. And in the evening time there shall be light. And that light will be the revealing of the son of man. But the Ram said now he says in works of faith expressed. He said notice. He said the promise of Jesus Christ before his coming. He said God would send a messenger to go out there. Exactly. Don't you believe me? What I've told you the truth. He said in that day the son of man will be revealed. The son of man will be revealed in a body of flesh. But we can say the son of man. Brother Bram was a son of man revealing the son of man. And that son of man that he was revealing is that something that is in you. And Brother Bram said now, he said in that day, the son of man will be revealed. And that son of man will be revealed in a body of flesh. You people, the church, exactly like it was in the days of Sodom. God in you, the hope of glory. May the light of God's presence that he's strewn along your path, that that life in you could come to its recognition that I've got the very essence of God living in my soul. I've got the joy in my heart. Brother Branham said, there's something in you. There's something in you calling for that something yonder. I wonder this morning, what's your something calling for? Is it just, call, oh, let's just get back to church and let's just get back to our original program? I don't think so. I think what this is causing us, saints of God, is recognizing now that the word is living in a people. And yes, we do want to gather together more so than I want it more so probably than all of you. But I couldn't say that. But this is now being tested. Your faith is being challenged. Has it been shaken? I say, no, sir. Is it irrepressible? I say, yes, sir. Are you unstoppable? Yes, I am. Can I be be moved? No, I cannot. Because I've caught a revelation of the revealed word for the hour. It's a revelation that cannot be moved. Last scripture, I'd like to turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 18. Romans. Chapter 8, verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings 
of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that's being revealed where? In us. The very life of God in us. I want you to reread that with me as you ponder those last thoughts. For I consider that the trial of my faith, the testings or the sufferings of this present time aren't worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed in us. The glory that's being revealed, the Greek says, not only in us, but to us. Your little trials, your little situations cannot compare to this glorious unveiling of his word in this hour. When you take now the word of God and you say, Beloved, now I am a son of God. Beloved, it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know, beloved, that we know that when he shall appear, we shall appear like him. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, beloved, now we are the sons of God, beloved. We've got the very life of God in us. It's irrepressible, saints. And we're going to move forward. And nothing is going to stop us. It didn't stop Gideon. It didn't stop David. It didn't stop the Queen of Sheba. And it's not going to stop you and I this morning. We need to have the same mind that was in Christ. Being you. Who thought it was not robbery. To be equal with God. You say, well, Brother Tom, that's a high thought. Well, that's the unveiling of God in this hour. That is what God was bringing to his bride in this last days. That she is the masterpiece family. As we were preaching last time on the economy of God. We need to have the same mind. And this will be challenged to you. You mean you as Satan challenged Jesus? You are Messiah. You're this one chosen. If you are that one, turn this stone into bread. Satan is still challenging the word. It's still challenging you. And this will be a trial of your faith. But I want to say to you this morning, it's irrepressible. It's unstoppable, immovable. And nothing is going to shake you from this revelation that has come in this hour. Nothing is going to shake this bride. Nothing is going to move her. Because we've got the very essence of God sown in us. And Satan has got his challenge on his hand this week now. That there's a people that is coming to her revelation of who she is. And what she's been called for. And she has taken the mind of God. And in the Greek it says, she's got the attitude of what Christ thought, knew he was. It means having the same attitude in yourself that was the same attitude that was in Christ Jesus. Can you have that same attitude this morning, Joe? 
Can you take that avenue, Orrin, and take the essence and say that word's in me? I got the joy of God in me. It's not a joy, joy, joy. It's not that happiness, that frivolous, that lightness. But what he's shown in you is a light, isn't a joy that's irrepressible and cannot be stopped. You've got the same attitude as Christ has. You're taking on that same form, word, body. You're taking on the very likeness of God. Then I say to you, who claims that they are the sons and daughters of God, can you then say with me this morning, as Paul wrote to the Galatians, I will stand fast in the liberty where Christ has made me free. Can you say amen? I'm going to stand in that confession that it doesn't matter what Satan throws at me, how many trials he's got against my revelation, I cannot be moved. And that's why he said, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty where Christ has made me free. And don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Stand firm. Be perseverant. Be persistent to the end. Stand still. Be movable. And stand irrepressible in the closing hours of time. Musicians, why don't you come? According then, Paul writes in Ephesians 1, according then, as he's chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy, that that essence should live out through us. It's a holy life. It's a consecrated life. It's an up, it's a righteous life in Christ. It is a life worthy of the gospel of Christ. According as he has chosen you, that we should be holy without blame. God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. I want to close with this thought. One of them. Then you can start playing. One of them. Brother Branham said then, he says, I want you to understand what your position then is in Christ. So he said a lot this morning. And if you could just grab half of it, if I could just take a hold of all of it and see the very essence of God moving. And that's why we're irrepressible. That's why we're unstoppable. Brother Bram said, now, if you only knew where you were, your position is, he said, it's in heavenly places. He said, that's the believer's position. He said, if you understood your position in Christ, he said, there would not be a feeble person in here in five minutes. Oh, God, give us this revelation of who we are. And what our God-given place is in Christ. He said, heavenly places is your position. He said, if you only knew what your position is in Christ, there wouldn't be a feeble one in five minutes amongst you. That's right. Don't look off to the millennium for something to happen. He says, it's already here. We are the sons of God. 
not we will be. This night, right now, this minute, we're seated together in heavenly places in Christ. If you could only recognize that, the supreme authority that Jesus Christ has given to every believer, anything you have desire of, need of, he said, the only thing you have to do is ask. So why don't you stand? I'm sure there's something you want to ask. Your believer's position is heavenly places. Say, ah, I'm a believer. Come on. I'm a believer. I believe the word. I believe I've got God in me. And let's then realize what our position is and stand in that position. It's heavenly places. And he says, you're in that place. There would not be a feeble one amongst you in five minutes. Anything you have need of, just ask for it. You'll receive it. So whatsoever you desire, it shall be given you. That's the believer's land. Let's bow our heads. Maybe somebody, some saint, some son of God, some daughter of God this morning. I believe the true report, Brother Tom. I believe. I'm living in this hour to be a reflection of this word. I believe that. I believe that seed's in me. And I believe the light has come to make that seed come alive. And I want to have that revelation of the believer's position in Christ Jesus. I just don't want to speak it. I just don't want to talk about it. I want to live it, Lord. And you want to just ask the Lord Jesus into your little room there and say, Lord, I've been asking for a joy. But not the joy that the world gives, but the joy of God, the essence of God, the life of God. I want God in me. I want to ask then this Jesus to meet my need this morning. Heavenly Father, you know the ones we've been praying for, Lord. And it smites me when I read such quotes as this. Read them over the years, Lord, and I've believed every one of them. Lord, I just don't want them to be words on a piece of paper. I want them to be penned within my heart, Lord. How we've been praying for different loved ones within the assembly over these last months. God, that you would move supernaturally within this little assembly. We're not gathered this morning, maybe in this room, but we're to gather together in heavenly places right now. Would you go into that little room where Brother Neil and Sister Subo is, Lord, sitting? Would you go to where Sister Clara, woman, is needing a touch from the Master? This is our heavenly position. This is the trials of our faith. And Lord, this is a revelation. Whatsoever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So we bind the workings of the devil, Lord, that would try to move amongst this assembly. We bind Satan in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Those have been looking for a healing touch, Lord. I pray, God, that they could reach out in their heavenly place this morning. And say, I claim it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. May it become a revelation. And may I not be moved, Lord. So, Father, I'm asking that you will speak to every heart. Deal with every life. Bless every child of God that has joined with us this morning. Maybe a little broken up message, but Lord, I believe it's the word of the Lord. I believe, oh God, the true report. I believe this message with all my heart, Lord. I believe it. It's been revealed to us, Lord. Grant to us more revelation. Your prophet said we can't pray for it enough. So grant it to us, Lord, as we ask it in Jesus' name for your glory. Amen. I'm so glad that I can say one of them. I'm one of them. That's why we're eating this message up. 
That's why we're praying. That's why we're praying for you. Each and every one of you around this church, we try to remember you where you're seating. Take your names before the throne of grace. We're just wanting that this word will open up to all and every one of you. So may you have a blessed afternoon. May the presence of God be with you. Go with you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. God be with you. One of them. One of them. I am thinking of the rapture.